Timed entry reservations are back for national parks, some of the most popular ones at least next year, but it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to help you navigate some of those timed entry reservations if you plan to head to these popular parks. Plus, this is our Thanksgiving episode, so we're going to talk about what we're thankful for and a whole lot more. This is RV Miles. This winter, L.L. Bean wants to help you feel great out there with gear tips and advice for heading outdoors and exploring all the possibilities of the season. Now that it's getting cold out, layering up for warmth is more important than ever. If you're doing something active like snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, or hiking, a good rule of thumb is to start out dressed like it's 10 degrees warmer than it is. So once you start generating body heat, you won't get overly hot. Then layer up or down as conditions require. For more tips, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com slash guide. Welcome to episode number 298 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two RVers who, along with our three boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, have been crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip since 2016. Here at RV Miles, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from industry news to travel destinations, our national parks, and so much more. Hey, you know something we haven't talked about at all? Is that we're like two episodes from 300 episodes. Oh my god. Yes. I we, think about it. Every time you say the number, I go, oh, we should do something. And then like, we forget about and it. And we forget. Yeah. yeah, we forget. We'll probably have some sort of special episode that, you know, we'll plan over the next well, listen, next two weeks that happen to include Thanksgiving. Let's be honest. If this had been a true weekly podcast as yeah. we had always intended it we'd be at like episode 400 at this no, point <laughs> we'd be at like episode 325 yeah. we should have been celebrating 300 like months ago in the we summer. do we do about 48 episodes a year we take a few yes. weeks off and i think that should be okay actually yeah. we need to be better about being okay with taking yeah, time off five minutes I know you're fine with it, but we never do it. Like we we're fine with it, but we always feel we don't, bad. We, and we doing don't plan it. for it so that what happens is we just have this awful catch up time afterwards. Yeah. yeah. But hopefully the new studio space will help solve some of those problems. We think we're putting an offer on a place. I think I just emailed an offer. I, do you think? Because I read it and I think well, you not, did. Well, it's you know, I mean, it's to the agent, did, it's not the official offer. Yes, but we're, we found a place. Can I just say the agent that we met? We liked him so much, and he's named Ethan, mm-hmm. and he's a middle child, and his child also has a lot of similarities with ours, and we just all kind of like mm. hit. It, like I don't know what do you say you just struck it up or you yeah what is that thing you say when you meet someone and you just like well oh we really hit it off that's what. <laughs> Wow. This is some this is some hard hitting content. <laughs> Literally, she just hit me in the shoulder for no for the audio. Hard hitting uh, content yes, here. We hit it off. And he's from Juneau, Alaska. So we've <laughs> yeah. got Alaska in common. Uh so we're gonna kick off the show today though, talking about what we're thankful for, as we do every year for our mm-hmm. Thanksgiving episode. Um so <laughs> Happy, let me put you on the spot. Why don't you start? 
Oh, you you were looking over at the sign sitting on the dining room table. We are still in the kitchen, by yeah. the way, everybody, mm. and in the mm. dining room. Um, but uh, I thought you were about to ask me. I have a little sign here that sits on the table. I asked the kids. Chalkboard it's, Christmas tree. It's a chalkboard tree. Christmas tree. I write on it, and there's like a new question maybe every few days for the family. And currently it says, what is your favorite Christmas song? I'm not going to answer that right now, but if you want to answer it down in the comments below, you certainly can, um, because I have a lot and we could be here for a while. What am I thankful for this year? I for sure am thankful that we were able to accomplish what we accomplished going from Baja all the way up to Alaska and that we were fortunate enough to be able to do that with Jamie and Clay and their family and share that experience with friends. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the ultimate road trip that I'm just so thankful that we could do that because there was a lot that went into it and it was a, a sacrifice for a lot of different reasons but the payout on that was just yeah. spectacular. Yeah, yeah. I'm certainly thankful for the the lack of problems along the way on that. That's that a really journey. good one. Nice yeah. and specific. And of course, I'm thankful that Jenny and Grant came up and yeah. found us for a whole week in Alaska as well. I mean, how mm-hmm. how lucky are we that <laughs> we had friends that were willing to fly all the way to Alaska. And we got to go on a cruise with, of course, Jamie and Clay and their family, yes. but also our friends, Walter and G- Eugene. Yes. Uh, just before, just before it was the pre-Baja yeah. cru- cruise to Baja before, before to we sure drive we to Baja. Baja. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I would say overall, then maybe the bigger is... I, This 2023 was an incredible year of travel for us. Some real bucket list places that we had been trying to get to for seven years that for one reason or another, we weren't able to do. And I think it also was a a great bookend to that chapter of our life as RVers because, boy, were we tired Mm -hmm. and were we ready to just sit down somewhere and just be. Yeah. And I think we appreciate the season of quiet a whole lot more right now than I think we would have in any other year of travel. Yeah. So how about you? What are what is something specific that you don't have well, to piggyback off my answer <laughs> in order to say you're thankful no, for? I, I'm thankful that our, our plan worked out. All of this time that we've been full-time on the road, one of the most common questions that we've received from people who are not also full-timers or at least RVing and, and, and get it is what do you do if it doesn't work out? What's your plan? If it doesn't work out, what are you going to do if you don't like it and all that sort of stuff? And our answer was always, well, we're just renting an apartment now, you know, before we got in the bus mm-hmm. that first year, we're just renting an apartment now, I guess we'll just rent an apartment again. And <laughs> and here we are. And thankfully that, that actually did pan out. It was yes. not that difficult to uh arrange we did have to unfortunately the way it all worked out we we rented this apartment sight unseen mm-hmm. um thankfully they had like a you know full online walkthrough and everything and there's some some things that maybe we're not as happy about that we would have probably caught had we actually walked through the apartment but mm-hmm. 
this was also the only three-bedroom apartment on on the Illinois side of the river in this area that we could find. Yep. Um, and we needed to stay Illinois residents, at least for now, for all of our healthcare insurance reasons and all that sort of stuff. But I'm just glad that worked out. I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're settled in sort of a bed. Um, we, it has been a whirlwind few weeks trying to get everything together, all the furniture bought, everything put together, getting all of our stuff that that we did store, the amount of stuff that we, we thought we got rid of most everything. And we got rid of a lot of stuff for sure. When we hit the road, the stuff that we actually still had and have continued to accumulate over the years. uh, Wow. That's the thing. The accumulation of stuff over seven years where you just, oh, I'm just going to leave it at the parents or, oh, I'm just going to leave it in the storage or I'm just going to leave it in the Sabre while we go and travel in this other The storage, my parents, your parents, the Sabre. It's a lot of stuff and it's okay. I'm thankful for it because it has certainly eased the transition into the house and, and perhaps a lot of the things that we would have needed to purchase. So that's been fantastic. But I... Couldn't agree with you more. I'm really thankful that we were able to rent an apartment and not feel the pressure of living with your parents while we're trying to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't want to feel that pressure of buying something and it, it having to meet all of our very specific needs in this really small window of time. And I know a lot of people say, well, you're just wasting your money renting. And that's totally fine if you feel that way. And it's true, but it's also allowing us to take the time to get to know this area, to get to know the pockets that we want to look at, to maybe see if the market cools down a little bit. It might have been a little different if it had been spring. We might, we might be, we might have stayed in an RV in a campground longer, something like that. There's Um, not a lot of, um, House is going up for sale, like yeah. as you roll into the winter no, here in this slow, area. Slow yeah, market. it's just not a it's just not a good time to to buy. Yeah. Like, who wants to move when it's like ten degrees out? <laughs> you know, nobody wants to do that in the winter. So we hope that by the time spring rolls around, we'll get to see a little bit more. But but we've also realized that we're probably going to be in this apartment longer than we had <sighs> hoped because we, we don't want to move again. Holy. Cow. I don't know. You've already said it. I don't know if the kids' bunk beds are leaving this place. And we didn't. No, they're they're they don't fit out the door of their bedroom. Well, they'd have to be taken um, apart. Yeah. And we didn't even like move, move. Like we just moved out of an RV. Mm-hmm. We didn't move like normal people move from house to house. I would argue that's worse. Uh, maybe because we've been going over and just maybe. throwing thing and, and things into storage containers and into boxes. And we still had to get all the same furniture. We just had to go buy it at all kinds of different yeah. stores and put it together and all that sort of stuff. So. But anyway, let's stop playing our tiny violin. Yeah, like, was, we're supposed the- to be thankful, not. Not negatives. Yeah, these are not negatives. These are just realities. So let's switch, though, and then we can move on with... There's a ton of stuff to talk about in this episode, but let's switch and talk about a couple things that we're thankful for from the RV Miles side. Like We talked about Mm. things that we're really thankful for just from our personal life as RVers and as a family, but what is something that you're really thankful for specific to RV Miles? Well, it has to be the fact that we were able to get the homecoming events together. And sorry, I'm stealing this from you. you. She's, no, for the audio, she's a little frustrated that I said that. Darn it. Uh, but getting all of you folks that came 
together and and being able to meet so many of you in person and some of you see your faces again and um i it was a really great atmosphere we had a lot of fun and it only made us more excited for for next year and doing more events and all that sort of stuff it could not have been better from our standpoint yeah, and I would also add to that and just say I'm really thankful for RV Miles in 2023 for the continued growth of community, be that community at homecoming, community inside the mile markers, uh, members that we have grown there and the support that they offer us, the community that they offer back to us, be that in the RV Miles Facebook group as it continues to grow with over 13,000 members in there the growth of the podcast, just just community in general, as each of those things, as our YouTube channel looks to tick over to 100,000 subscribers over there, just as, as things continue to grow, what continues to be at the heart of all of that, though, is community and those interactions with those of you who spend time with us in different platforms, or YouTube, the podcast, Instagram, in person. like That, to me... 2023 was just so fulfilling from an RV Miles standpoint, from what I do for a living, because I watched the community continue to grow. And we've had a really couple of great conversations lately with some people in the industry as we look towards 2024. And what I have really appreciated about those conversations is the reason that they're coming to us to talk to us is because they want that community aspect. They want to to work with people that are building things within a community that are putting that first and being authentic in that way. And it's really nice to see that there are others in the industry that are striving for that because I think that that's when true change will start to happen in the industry, when the community is given more respect and more agency and being heard. So I've really liked that about what, you know, we were able to do in 2023 and what everyone here listening and watching on the podcast was able to do as well. It's as much their success as it is ours. So, And speaking of events and moving forward in 2024, uh, we will be at the Tampa RV show that begins January 16th, I believe is the first date of it. We will only be there for the first couple days maybe um wednesday and thursday i think yeah maybe Um, on friday depends on if we drive or fly we can't decide yet which one we're doing so we would love to see you there if you're going to be there um we are going to have some sort of meetup type thing that might be at like a brewery or restaurant or something um but regardless we'll be out and about uh meeting people on the grounds and stuff like that and uh in today's detour episode of the podcast the little after the show episode that we do for our mile marker plus members we're going to talk a little bit about visiting the tampa rv show and giving some tips and stuff like that um but if you just want some overall tips for visiting rv shows we do have some past episodes on visiting an rv show that we'll uh put a link to in the show notes Absolutely. So why don't we take a break and then we will switch gears and talk about tips, uh, not for navigating the insane crowds of the Tampa RV show, but the insane crowds of just wanting to spend time at a national park. (laughs) We'll be right back. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by the Park Wolf app. Ever found yourself in the heart of a national park surrounded by beauty, but unsure where to go or what to see? That's where Park Wolf comes in. Park Wolf is the ultimate app for exploring national parks. 
As you drive, the GPS shows you what's coming up on the road and an audio guide will fill you in on what's there so you can decide if it's worth a stop for you or not. Gas running low, looking for a bite to eat or a bathroom break? ParkWolf's got you covered. It keeps track of the nearest gas station, restrooms, food, and pullover areas. And the best part, it works without an internet connection. And if you're a wildlife enthusiast, you'll love ParkWolf's wildlife maps and sighting notifications. So before you set off on your next National Park adventure, download the ParkWolf app for your iPhone from the App Store. It's your ultimate guide to national parks. Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox designs and manufactures the best towing products in the industry. Just look around. You'll find them on highways and campgrounds and anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Award-winning tow bars, base plates, and brakes. A full line of weight-distributing hitches. Adjustable ball mounts and a new line of fifth-wheel hitches. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit blueox.com. Okay, we're back, and we're here to talk this segment about the reservation system in national parks that has been evolving over the last few years. Three national parks have made announcements that they will be doing timed entry reservations again for the course of mainly the busy season of 2024, so mainly like May to September. And they have avoided making these a permanent reservation system. These are still pilots uh, as I sort of figure this out. But overall, the, the problem is that more and more people are visiting national parks, uh, especially these three, that happen to not have a whole lot of space for people to park. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not so easy to just, you know, build a parking lot in a national park. It's all protected land. And do we want to add more parking lots and and roads and and infrastructure for all those people and all that sort of stuff? Uh, Even if we do all that stuff, it's going to take some time. So these parks have implemented these timed entry reservations. And a lot of people hate this. They hate this idea at all that there are reservations. But I think to put the positive spin on it. Think of it as you can plan your trip and guarantee that you will get into one of these parks because what happens when they don't have the reservation system is when the parking lots fill up, they just stop letting people in. Mm -hmm. So when you arrive at Arches National Park at 11 a.m. and they're like, sorry, we're closed and this is your one day to visit Arches, it would be great, I guess, to know that you have a reservation and you could get in. So that's, I think, the positive spin way to think about it. Yeah. And if you're upset because it takes away the spontaneity of visiting a national park, just consider something that we have advocated for for a long time on this show, and that is shoulder season. Yeah. Visit in the shoulder season, that early to late spring, that early fall is gorgeous in a national park that's still as long as there's no reservation system in place that's going to allow you maybe that last minute spontaneity that you're looking for without perhaps the crowds that would keep you from being able to do some of the things that you want to do now that being said a lot of people have talked about even though smoky mountains i just want to give this as an example of why maybe we need more timed entry is, you know, Smoky Mountains is now you pay to park yeah, and it is still packed in there. Yeah. It's, it's awful. And their seasons, I mean, their spring and their summers and their falls, they're very, very busy. 
And just the paid parking isn't enough there, but that's a very complicated situation over there in that park and how they're going to figure that all out. But even implementing the paid parking that they were hoping would kind of pull back a little bit on the crowds. and Yeah, because it was never about the money. I mean, the, the um, I know a lot of people get frustrated with this stuff because they do think it is kind of a money grab. Like these timed entry reservations, they do charge you a couple bucks a piece. But the... Entry fees in general, the full the full entry fees are something like ten percent of the the required money it takes to run the national parks. So these little fees are are not um, are not there to to get more money. They they do go to sort of paying for the reservation system to happen all all that sort of stuff. But really, they're there to make sure that it's not just people just grabbing a hundred of them, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you know, we, if it's not clear, I'm almost 300 episodes into this. And then also with the work that yeah. we do over at America's national parks podcast, we are big protectors of our lands. And we understand that a lot of people feel like, well, it's my land. I should be able to do as I want. Well, we don't particularly see it that way. We see it as it, yes, this is land that belongs to all of us, but we have responsibilities to that land. Yeah, it's not my land. It's our it's land. It's our land. And we have, for better or worse, we have elected officials that have made decisions on our behalf. And, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes they're the right ones, sometimes they're the wrong ones. But, but, but it, it, th- these places, I mean, look, it, if you haven't been to Arches on a Saturday in July, don't think you know what it would be like if there is no reservations. It's virtually impossible. I mean, literally, they'll close the park down some years, 100 days. Um, the park will be closed by like mm-hmm. 10 a.m. because it's full. It's, yeah. it's just essentially full. So this is here. It's here to stay, yeah. most likely. We know they say pilot. This is coming. We can't sustain our lands and keep them safe if we just allow us to run wild in them. And also the the taxing strain that it puts on those rangers who are there, who should be devoting more of their time, not necessarily to the fact that you have left your trash all over the place, but they should be devoting more of their time to making sure that those lands stay safe, they stay protected, they stay wild. They should be able to do their job. The one thing I... I do wish they would do is find a better way to make these systems similar across the parks that have them because they are different. They happen at different times and they, you know, the reservation period, the the availability period of the tickets happen at different times, that sort of stuff. And there's a lot of complication that goes into like, Oh, you can, you can get a pass for this part of the park or the whole park. You know, there's, they've, they've, added some levels of complication that I don't think need to be there. I think they will figure those things out. I think that's part of why it's still a pilot program. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to give you today some tips on navigating these these entry reservations. If you plan to go to Rocky Mountain Glacier or Arches in particular next year, but also consider that there might be more parks added to this. There are other parks that have had timed entry reservations over the last few years that have just not announced that they're doing it next year. They they may not, but they may play it by year, depending on how busy tourism might be next year. So 
Some of those are going to be Yosemite. Uh, Yosemite has definitely had reservations in the past, at least for the Valley. Um, and Zion National Park has had reservations for their bus system, which is sort of the required way to get through Zion Canyon, unless you're on a bicycle or walking or something like that. But you've, you, um, you essentially need to use the bus when you're in the main season. Um, there's also little things out there like angels landing at Zion, that hike you need a permit for, I think Cadillac mountain, uh, at, uh, Acadia, I think you still need to do a reservation for there are things out there, smaller activities that you might have to get reservations for. So don't think that this is comprehensive and just remember that, as you're planning your national park trips going into next year to just keep checking and and make sure they haven't added some sort of timed entry reservation system to the park that you might be considering going to. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about um, how to go about like yeah. tips for getting that reservation. And the very first one is that you really do need to be available the minute those reservations open up, that booking window for you opens up. And I know Jason talked about this, and that can be a little confusing because each park is going to do it differently right now. Yeah. The hope is, is that they will all figure out a way to be on the same sort of system, that it's a three-month booking window or six-month or six-week or whatever. What it tends that to be, it, it seem, it, it's getting close to working out this way, but there's a few little hiccups, and I don't want to give you specifics because this stuff can change so you can mm -hmm. go just go look on the website for the park you're going to we'll put links to the park reservation pages uh in the description but essentially it looks like it's going to be for most parks uh that like if you want to um go in may you're going to be getting your timed entry reservation starting january 2nd okay if you're going to be going in uh if you're going to going to be going in June, you're going to get your timed entry reservation starting uh, February 1st. And, okay. and so it's sort of monthly going on from there. But you want to be you want to be there to book that reservation the minute they're available because they can sell out fast. Yep. They're only available at recreation.gov. That's a website that the government uses for all sorts of recreation reservations and planning. Um, so what you want to do is before the morning that you're going to be making your park reservations, you want to make sure you have an account set up. If you haven't done that already, you want to have that all figured out. And then you want to get on log onto that website at least 15 minutes, if not a half hour in advance from the time that they say they're going to release them and make sure you figured out that the time change based on what, what, you know, time they say they're going to release them at is probably going to be the local time for that park. So um, make sure you've got that all figured out. And if you don't snag a reservation at that time, don't worry, you've still got some options available to you. Most of these parks are holding back a bunch of reservations until like two to three days out. So then you can go, you can, you know, see what that is and make sure to set yourself like a calendar reminder so that you can go in and check that that morning because it's going to be the same thing. You're going to be want to want to be right on that morning. They might be holding about 30% of the reservations back for three days out from your, your day of visit. And you should know that there's going to be a block of time that you can go in without ticketed. That's going to be very, yes. very early in the morning. And then usually somewhere after four or five o'clock in the afternoon. The thing about this though, that we have started seeing more and more is that 
people are really utilizing this morning option. The number of people that we have seen comment with, well, I got up at 3 a.m. to get there and get in line so I could get in before 6, is quite substantial when you put it up against the people that say they're going in at like 4 o'clock. And so I would say, if again, if you've been listening for almost 300 episodes, you really know that we love a golden hour in a national park that we really advocate for taking your dinner into a national park because you are going to find that when that dinner hour, when that dinner hour hits, people are out. Yeah. Like they just, they kick out. They're ready to go back to the campground. They're, you know, they want to get their dinner. They want to chill, whatever. If you can go in at that time you might find that not only are you waiting less to get through the gate, but that you're also finding a quieter park. You also might find that you see more animals. Yes. Uh, and there's there's a good... Don't just think you're going to be done at sunset either, because there's usually a good hour of twilight after sunset that's really still very visible, especially in the mountains. You're Rocky Mountain National mm -hmm. Park, and you know this uh, in the mountains, the sun has gone way early because the mountains are in the way, right? And it's um, cooler. It's, it's yeah. summer months. It's got that really hot day, but then as the sun goes down, it starts to cool off. It's just, it's really, really lovely. But I, if, if you do that morning time, if you do decide, I'm going to get there before, like for instance, at Glacier National Park, Tickets are required for going to the Sun Road uh, beginning at 6 a.m. And if you decide you're going to get there to to beat that ticketed time, mm -hmm. don't think you're going to get there at 5.50 and get in. There's going to be a line of people with the tickets for 6 a.m. waiting to get in already. You, you're going to want to get there at like 4.35 at the latest. Now, is Glacier, just so we can be really clear here, Glacier is going to need a timed entry to get into the whole park in addition to your time to no, for going it, to the sun road. So what it is, is uh, from May 24th to September 8th at Glacier, you're required to get tickets for the West side of going to the sun road and North fork from 6am to 3pm. Okay. So this is like the most popular area of the park, basically. Yeah. I mean, this is what m most people do and like it gets you to some of the popular areas. And then July 1st through September 8th reservations are required for the many glacier area from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. Yeah, so that could be another thing, too, depending on where yeah. you're going. There could be different ways that these reservations for different sides of the park. Right, and it's like at Rocky Mountain, it's a similar thing where you've got the, the popular Bear Lake Corridor, mm -hmm. and uh, and then you've got a, another ticket that is for the rest of the park, excluding the Bear Lake Corridor. So you can't go there, but you can go to the rest of the park. So that one, you know, that, that second ticket is going to be more available because it's less, you know, obviously it's, it's just somewhat less popular, but there are wonderful spots to be found in all these, on all these parks. So I mean, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, but yeah, those last minute reservations are going to be an option. The, the early morning, the afternoon are all going to be options to you, but just make sure to think about how you might want to approach all that because they will not let you in. You can tell them whatever sob story that you want. No. They're not going to let you in. So if you do have a reservation, though, make sure to print it out, take it with you, or at least screenshot it so that you've got it on your phone without having to pull up internet access because you might not have easy internet access and you want to be able to have that ready and, and 
and able to go and know that you will also have to pay admission to these parks mm -hmm. if you don't have an annual pass. I think at Rocky Mountain National Park, you can actually buy the admission online too, um, but you're going to have to have whatever admission ready um, and available along with your ticket. So your ticket's going to cost like two bucks or something like that, uh, depending on the park and the, the entry into the park is going to cost you whatever the, the the daily or weekly entry for a vehicle is. And let's remember, too, that there are changes coming to the annual pass yeah. for 2024. They are only uh, putting one signature now on the card, whereas before you used to have the two signatures. So if you and your partner, you purchased one for the household, you both would be able to use that. That's not going to be the case in 2024. It's only going to be available to whoever signature is on the back. So that's incredibly important, especially if you're staying, let's uh, talk about staying at campgrounds yeah, at a so national park. The pass is, is, is going to be good for up to four people in the car and kids are always free. So you don't, if, if your family's not going to separate, you don't have to worry about right. it. But if you're in a campground and, and like different adults are coming in and out, that can be a problem uh, be, with this with this past signature. I always thing. think about Zion yeah. and use that as the example because it actually did happen to us. Because you can walk right out of the campground. Yes. Yeah. It's got amazing um, access right into Springdale. And if you're staying in Watchmen, you are like butted right up against the town and you can just walk out from the walkout entrance or the walk-in entrance and you can go into town. We had a situation where the pass holder was not present when one of us had left and it was a little bit of a challenge to get back in. And this was in 2018, yeah. long before we were even talking about a reservation system. They are very, very particular about these passes and how they're used to make sure that they're not abused. So if you find yourself in a campground in a national park that's going to have access to things that you're going to want to do outside of that, make sure that you're doing it as a group if you're going to need to show that pass to get back and, in. And they do ask for an ID. Um, mm -hmm. They don't always, but they very often do. Yeah. So if you have a campground reservation or another lodging reservation, your your entry, at least at these three parks at this time, is included. So you don't have to get a separate entry if you have already made, made reservations for a campground in one of these parks. And places that have first come first serve parks like glacier has some first come first serve parks um if you want to go camp at one of those campgrounds what you essentially have to do is at the ranger station you tell them you're you're wanting to camp at x campground and they can tell you if there are first come first serve, serve sites available and you will pay right there and that will include your entry to drive going to the sun road. Now, do you know if they will tell you right then and there, if what is available, you will actually fit into, because this yeah. is a really common issue inside, especially older national yeah. park campgrounds is that there is not a consistent size. So even when we have Bexie, yeah. We roll up with 25 feet. Yeah, they, they seem to not often have the specifics about yes. the first come, first serve campgrounds. So, you know, what it tends to be is like you go in and then if there's not a site available, you're just going to have to like go back, back and, and get, get a get refund. A refund, yeah. See, now that feels yeah. like a lot of extra yeah. work to now, me. They might have information like all sites are at least 30 feet long. So mm -hmm. if you're under 30 feet, 
you know you'll fit into a site. They might have that kind of information available, but the chances that they're going to know the exact specifics of the available sites and uh, first come, first serve campground are pretty slim to none. Yeah. So that's also just something to be aware of if you're going to go and attempt that and you're on the bigger side with your RV. Uh, you might want to maybe even try ahead of time to get an idea off of first come, first serve, if you can, the site numbers and the sizes of them and what you would actually be able to fit yeah. into if that information is available ahead of time so that when you do get up there and you speak to the ranger, you can make sure that one of those numbers that you know ahead of time would work is on that list that they're telling you. Frankly, I'm, I'm, I, I've find it a little silly that they have first come first serve for campgrounds within something where that's Anything. so popular that you have to have reservations to <laughs> yeah. get on the road. But that's okay. We They're trying to keep a little bit of spontaneity, yeah. just the stressful <laughs> spontaneity of yeah, not knowing if you're going to have somewhere to sleep. It's that not night. like you can just, Oh, I'll just go to the hotel. Room. I'll, no. just, I'll, I'll just be over here. It's no um, big deal at the fully booked campgrounds that have been booked for like the last nine right. months. It's fine. So, um, so these parks, they're putting in these reservation systems because they are very busy. And just because they're putting these reservation systems in and people have to reserve to enter does not really mean they will be less busy. So you need to come with your patient's pants on. <laughs> uh, there will still be issues of like trying to find parking spots is going to be a challenge at a lot of these places. You're, you're really um, going to have to plan to deal with the crowds and, and deal with figuring out where to go and all that. And I, I think, you know, be careful if you're like driving a big class CRV everywhere you have to go in the parks, that sort of stuff is, is things to think about. We're like, are you going to be able to park that at some of the trailheads and all that sort of stuff? If this all sounds absolutely ridiculous to you, this is a big country. <laughs> there are some wonderful places to go. We highly suggest you go somewhere else and find something wonderful because Borders to national parks are man-made. They're invented. There are wonderful, wonderful places just beyond the gates of national parks and and other national parks all across the country. I mean, if you need some inspiration, just go back in the 298 episodes of the RV Miles podcast. And we have some wonderful places that we have been to that, uh, again, seeking out those spots that we couldn't get into the busier ones and seeking out that those quieter, more maybe hidden gem locations. Just go back and listen and maybe you'll be inspired to go somewhere. Yeah, I just just a reminder again, though, if you are planning to go to another park that wasn't one of these three, particularly Zion or Yosemite, um, where they have definitely done reservations in the past, make sure to keep up on checking to see if they have reservations coming up, if they've decided to implement them, um, because you want to be able to grab them if they if they do that. And of course, if we hear anything about it, we will not only share it here, but you will hear about it in the America's National Parks News from the Parks episode or on the RV and camping news videos that Jason puts out every week over on the RV Miles YouTube channel. So as soon as we know, if we know, we will make sure that you know too. Okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will check the level of our tanks. Be right back. 
We're in a moment, but first this video is sponsored by RVMattress.com by Brooklyn Bedding, where you can get a real mattress from a real mattress company to replace the piece of junk plastic foam your RV manufacturer may have provided. You can get odd sizes and thicknesses to fit your smaller bunks, or you can get RV length king and queen beds, and they can ship them right to you in a matter of days, even to a campground. We're actually even putting them in our new home. And now is a great time to buy because they're having their biggest sale of the year. You can always visit rvmattress.com slash rvmiles to enjoy an exclusive 25% discount on your mattress with the code rvmiles but make sure to explore all their outstanding sales through the month of November, which reach up to 30% off. Don't miss this chance to enhance your sleep quality. Visit rvmattress.com slash rvmiles today. And remember, once November is over, so are those incredible deals. You know, when I was a kid, one of the best Christmases ever, I remember my dad bringing out a brand new bicycle into the living room when I was like seven years old. What's the adult version of that? What's the way that you can deliver that best gift ever affect this holiday season well you can still do it with a bike electric e-bikes will impress even the hardest person to shop for on your list there are lots of e-bikes to choose from out there but there's only one electric xp the best-selling e-bike in america it's the perfect gift for the explorer the eco warrior or the parent on your list or just as a treat for yourself and starting at just 749 these e-bikes are friendly on your wallet Plus, you can get hundreds of dollars in free accessories when you purchase this holiday season at electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E bikes.com. Welcome back, and it is time to check the level of our tanks. Jason, what's in your black tank this week? Uh, my black tank is myself for having problems integrating back into uh, normal local society. <laughs> there, is a, there is a Facebook post the other day. <laughs> this, so we're now in these like local Facebook groups, right? What's go, what's going on, Quad Cities? Let's and, be clear. And I love you Myron. Are. I am. I love you it. Are. Uh, you but, are. You know, are. You so are deep this, in these groups. Side note, like there's this Quad Cities food lovers group. And there's some really cool restaurants to check out. Very here. cool. But the McRib came back last week. <laughs> and the number of people that were like, is it at your McDonald's? It's at my McDonald's. Is it this McDonald's? And then, you know, one person knows uh, it's at the Milan one and it's at the Silvis one. And it's at, and the, this is like two days in and you're like, they already know four places that have the McRib. And I'm like, how many McRibs are you eating? First off. And I love the McRib. I've listened. I eat oh, the McRib. I love it. I know a lot Jason. of people are anti McRib. I actually really like it. It's so gross. But I'm not going to eat like more than one when they bring it back. Maybe maybe two over the course of the many months that they have it out. Maybe. But like the, that was cracking me up. And what was well, yes. <laughs> Your doctor might have something to say about that. But what was cracking me up though is like all these people are posting like where it is and stuff and nobody's posting where it's not because you know why? Because all the McDonald's have it on the same day. It's not a rollout, right? I know. I know. I mean, yeah, and bless all of you who uh have your your McDonald's. It's at my McDonald's that yeah. I we haven't quite but reached that level. That that was not my black tank. My my black tank was is one of these groups somebody was posting about how the heat was not working in their trailer. And they were looking for advice to what to do. It's getting cold. You know, they've, they're worried about their water freezing and their heat is not working. Okay. So I, I posted like, 
like a lot of the comments were like HVAC technicians people should call. And I posted this, like this long comment about how you need to contact an RV uh, technician. They're going to be able to figure it out right away. The furnaces are all the same. They're really simple to figure out. And the HVAC people, you know, they may have never seen one. Okay. So it, turns out it was it was somebody's mobile home. It wasn't an RV trailer. Oh my God. <laughs> Which has a normal furnace. <laughs> So and I'm like, oh, I'm not in an RV Facebook group. I'm like putting my foot in my mouth. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to. I have twice um, when leaving the restroom uh, gone to try to flush the toilet with my foot and almost fallen over because there's no there's no there's nothing there we use our hands to flush a handle i'm not stepping down on anything now which we've already broken one of them in our apartment not our fault we're expecting maintenance to show up while we're recording so that of course because that's how it happens but just know that if you hear me tumble into the tub and like the crashing of a shower curtain and everything it's because I still think I live in an RV and I don't know how to flush a normal toilet. So yes, society, it just is hard. It's really hard. All right. What is in your fresh tank this week? Oh gosh. So uh, in getting a new apartment and being able to sort of start from scratch, we have, I have put smart light bulbs everywhere. The brand I got is called whiz bulbs. (laughs) Our home, whiz. Our home is whizified. It's whizified. They have whizmotes. That's what they call them. Remotes. Yeah. Uh, But every light in our house has a a a light bulb or a light strip or something that is smart. And you know, there's a little bit of little bit of technology uh, woes at the beginning. A little bit of a learning curve. But but now we got it dialed in a little bit, and there's more dialing in to do because. what we can do now is we can have all the lights perform routines while we're gone. So it looks like somebody's home. Mm-hmm. Um, we can be laying in bed and we can be like, okay, Google, turn all the lights off. Or we can have them do a nighttime routine where they like go to like, <laughs> oh, it's doing it. Oh, Google jeez. <laughs> okay, Google, turn all the lights on. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know what's fun? You know what's even better? That's the first time it's you, actually worked. You know what's even better is that if anybody is listening to this <laughs> with the volume up in their house, it's going to do it to them too. Yeah, but Thurs is going to go, I don't understand. <laughs> but we can change me. the color. Okay, Google, turn all the lights to red. You can't see that because we've got a big light. If you're yeah, watching, I did <laughs> because we've got a big light on our face, Jason, like our, our video light. So it didn't really help. This but. is a this is a primarily audio podcast. Okay, Google, you- turn all the lights to white. <laughs> I'm sorry. You are literally talking to people but about a visual look, we on can, an audio. I know, I'm just saying it's it's great. We, we're smart, homified. We can have our. Uh, Christmas tree turn it. We set up our Christmas tree. Uh, mm-hmm. Jason made all the lights go like red them. and green in the house while we were decorating. We can have our Christmas tree turn on and off on a schedule that we of our of our liking. Jason and is going to build uh, like a, what did you used to call them, a light plot? 
It's just yeah. going to build out a light plot, and this is yeah. it's going to be yeah. a performance central yeah. in here on a fairly regular basis. This is this is the gateway for Jason back into the world of lighting. Is he is lighting our house? Then he's going to get to light the studio, and he's probably going to put. I went through an entire fifteen years, twenty years working in theater, and I still can't tell you what any of the lights that hang up in oh, the gosh. ceiling are called. I think one is called a bucket light no there's no such thing as a bucket light and they don't <laughs> hang in the ceiling <laughs> bucket light what are you where did, there's nothing like that a so boot, don't ask don't don't, don't, no, that's not don't try to a... don't try to get me to figure it out because there's nothing even similar to that fresnel that's that's fine is that a thing that's fine canister no there's no such thing as a canister no. light no, there's a there's a par can but the, these are also lights that they don't use well, anymore because the, it's like this is all, these are these yeah. are all old timey now. Yeah, oh, I love my old timey. <laughs> this is the problem when you name lights things like whiz mm. because they make no sense, mm. and you're like, you know, the light, the mm. whiz, and you're like, mm. no, I don't. The whiz is that what we're calling it? Yeah, but Parkan is, is a it, parabolic illuminized reflector. Is there someone a behind can. a curtain running um, this whole show? Yeah, it's, is, a, it's like a wizard. It's, it's mm, interesting. Uh, I can Nothing tell you all the here, all folks. the old lights. I can tell you what the, all they mean. Yeah. So Jason the loves soil reflector spotlight ERS. It's a, it's a half an ellipse is the reflector inside, and the, you put the uh, the lamp is at one focal point of it, and the uh, lens at the, is at the other focal point. And uh, and this is the point in the show where everyone turns off the podcast no, no they're they're waiting patiently they're to know what your black tank is oh they're waiting patiently to hear our like horrible package story of also yeah. trying to assimilate back into a society where people get mail delivered to them okay that's my segue so we uh, again we are in an apartment complex right now so we have our mailbox and then we have an Amazon hub area. But for larger packages, you can tell FedEx, UPS, Amazon, whoever, that you want them delivered right to your door. Like, what do you want them to do? Basically, there's a we've got an Amazon locker system just like you, they have at like 7-Elevens and stuff yeah, across and the country. Yeah, Whole Foods and things. You know, and if it doesn't fit in that, they're supposed to bring it to yeah. your door. Or if it doesn't come from UPS, Amazon, they bring it to your door. So we had a few things that we had ordered, some bigger things, like some computer chairs. And I got a notification on Saturday that those things had been delivered, that they had been left at the location. Of course... There was nothing at our location. There was nothing at our house. I was finally able to determine from UPS because they take a picture to prove that they left the thing at your home. Well, they took a picture, but that was definitely not my home where the picture was well, taken. Well, not super definitely. I mean, they, it was definitely after we looked at it for a while, but like yes. it's an apartment complex. So most of the front doors pretty much look the same. Yes. So we had to like scrutinize this photo. Yeah. It became really obvious that they didn't have like a storage unit like we have by their door. Right? Yeah. So it was, I was a different shaped sort yeah. of entryway, slightly different so type of door. I'm walking around this whole area like i probably look like someone that's out there scoping this, the joint four because, big buildings yeah i'm looking for because uh, there's various front doors on all the buildings so i'm looking for a door that looks like ours i'm looking for anything that can clue me into this very very blurry very poor picture taken by the ups to try and figure out who has my package because the office is closed it's the weekend these were kind of some things we really needed um we were able to determine but of course that person is out of town 
and we don't think that they have returned. Yeah, the neighbor below them happened to just be out outside, and she mentioned that they were out of town. Not sure she should have done that, but she did that. Well, no, she <laughs> once we told her <laughs> like, what was going on. We yeah. live here, and yeah. this is, and I was showing her the picture, and like yeah. we're she didn't just volunteer what, the information. But what's weird is okay, so she, this person is out of town. So where if did they bring the packages inside or what? But in the picture. There was a, a like a step ladder sitting next to the doorway, yeah. which is not there anymore. So our going theory right now is that maintenance was doing something in this person's apartment over the weekend while they were out of town, and maintenance saw these packages and was like, "Oh, hey, I'll put them inside for them and yeah. be nice." So now our packages are in no man's land because I don't know if these people are back in town. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Uh, I don't know how long I wait before yeah. I say something to Amazon and start perhaps a return issue or well, a replacement issue. Or I, I my don't hope know. is that the if if it is a, if it was a maintenance person, the maintenance guy when it comes to fix our toilet today mm. is going to be able to tell us. But boy, I don't know. That's a that's a long shot. Just lesson to all of us: the next time we go to start complaining about RVs, packages on the road aren't aren't that hard compared to packages. But also, person. here we are talking about toilet issues. We've got someone coming yeah, to fix the all toilet. The issues. Listen, all, all the issues. things happen. Like also, yeah. you live in something and you use yeah. things and you're repetitive, and those things are going to break. And yeah. here we are. We're- even when you don't have to pay, even if when you have like maintenance that's included in your rent and you're not paying for it yourself. It's still a pain in the butt and you got to still deal with all that. Sort yeah. Of stuff. They're really nice here though. And yeah. like really quick and efficient. It's yeah. Been, it's been very pleasant. Uh, so that's, that's package drama. Naturally. Once we figured this all out, I then went to my mother-in-law and I was like, Hey, can we just have packages? Can, do <laughs> yeah. can I, is that fine? You're there. like three blocks from me. Can I just do that? And she's very gracious. Yeah. And I was like, of course you can. So we're just going to have all of those go over to your dad and Tam's house. And we don't yeah. have to worry about a neighbor getting one of our computer chairs in the future. It doesn't have to happen. Yeah. All right. What's in your fresh tank this week? Oh, I have a coffee fresh tank. I'm very excited. I'm actually, if you're going to watch, I'm going to hold this up so you can see it. So Bailey's has come out with, so tis the season <laughs> this for time Bailey's. Of year, okay. This we, time we of year. We kick the cream to the door. And we, uh, it's time to put the this, Baileys in the coffee right. every morning. This time of year, and it's never Baileys. Let's be real. We get that Kirkland. We get the because it's bigger. The it's, giant Costco yes. Irish cream. Yeah, uh, it's so good. So th- dairy is not really good for me. It's not really good for the inflammation in my body. So uh, Bailey's has come to the rescue. They heard my call last year. They have this almond milk liqueur, which is a gluten-free, non-dairy way to enjoy if you liked Irish cream in your coffee over the holidays, uh, but like me, need to stay away from dairy. They have this now, and Bailey's almond. Almond. It's a fancy way for saying almond milk, (laughs) because almond milk sounds sometimes not so appetizing. This is an almond milk liqueur. It is delicious. We, uh, as a reminder, it is also the holidays. Not only should you be enjoying some uh, almond milk liqueur or Irish cream, but you should also, by this point, have your holiday roast from the roastery the holiday blend is now available i say this every single year it is the best holiday 
coffee you will ever have. From the roastery in Kansas City. From the roastery in Kansas yes. City. And you can just get it online and yep. they will ship it to you. You can. And if you have never uh, ordered from them before, they are offering 20% off just on their website. This is not an ad. Uh, but I couldn't get that 20% off because I'd already ordered from them in the past. But you could get it. And I ordered two pounds of the holiday blend, both caffeinated and decaffeinated. So we yes. can enjoy some coffee in the evening without being awake all And when night she long. says that, she means she bought four pounds. Not, I bought four pounds not, of coffee. Not one pound. Oh, of, no, 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 no. Of Two pounds of <laughs> Please, a pound. <laughs> Who are you? Do you even know me? Four. And it's delicious. And so this is my little this is my little holiday treat. Jason and I like to have in the evening. We make up some decaf. And then I put some of this uh, Bailey's almond milk liqueur into uh, one of those little frother jug thing, pour cups. You know what I'm talking about, right? The What's it shaped like a little? I mean, I know what you're talking about because it's right over there. <sighs> I don't but know. But like if it. I was like a person just listening to a podcast where somebody said like, the all the the frother cup thing. Yeah, it's I and I wasn't familiar. I probably would know what you're talking about. I don't know. I've talked about this. My brain doesn't work anymore. Maybe you describe it like how tall is it? Like it's, how wide? It's, it's like, like a, a little. It's like a little cup, and, and it's, it's got cup. like a little spout mm. on it. And basically, you put your your uh, half and half your cream, mm. your uh, almond milk, whatever, and you use your teeny tiny little frother because mm. I have a little frother. And you just get in there and you aerate that. Uh, I aerate yeah. this almond milk liqueur. I aerate it. It gets nice and frothy in there and, and it builds up. And then I've got our two cups of coffee and I pour. I'm very yeah. I'm very methodical about it. You, I get a little bit. Yeah. Then you get a little bit. I get a little bit. You get a little bit. So that we're getting not only the oh. liquid, but then what's going to come on the back end is that beautiful sort Are of you, latte foam. You're going to start uh, carrying that around with you in public? You're going to put it in your Person. I there is a high possibility because I think it's the best. So get yourself some Bailey's almond milk liqueur. Get yourself some holiday blend coffee from the roastery. Get a little frother, handheld, battery powered frother that goes in the little uh, stainless steel mug type frother thing. Froth that all up. I feel like you're really coming at the people who are just like putting <sighs> their so, Folgers in their drip coffee. Maker this is why just Bailey's will never have hire a good day. me. They will never. Not, the roastery and Bailey's are like, don't ever represent us again. Don't ever mention our product, <laughs> please. This That's it insane. for this week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. And before we head out, hey, if you enjoyed this show and all of the delightful information that we shared with you, please consider going over to Apple Podcast and leaving RV Miles a five-star review. Or if you are watching this on YouTube, please consider liking this video and sharing it with your community. In just a few days, we're going to be spending time with friends and family as we gather to celebrate Thanksgiving. And maybe you could share with them like, oh, just you play guys? it at the dinner table. Yeah, it's, hey you know, guys. just have it on in the background. Forget the fireplace. Don't, don't need like, football. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Who's watching football? Forget the fireplace, you know, that's on YouTube with the ambiance. We're ambiance. Like, put us on. Yeah. Like, just Make everybody get their phones out and hit subscribe. <laughs> you, oh, man. That's Could great. you even imagine that? I, and if you do that, will you please, like, film it for me so I can see it? Because that's friggin' amazing. So, anyway. But if you do a few of those things, we would greatly appreciate that. 
But until we see you next time, please know that we're so thankful for you. Thank you for spending time with us. We hope that you stay healthy and happy this holiday season. And please keep logging those RV miles. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.